Hi there. Welcome to the Share Your Story podcast. This series is becoming part of the Legs Go programme developed by Ergo Medical and aims to help you become active in your healing. These are real and inspiring stories from leg ulcer patients. Why? Because you're not alone in your journey to healing. I'm Wayne Whelans, I'm 72 and I've had a, a leg ulcer for coming up to three years. I'm his wife, Frances, and I've come because I've been looking after him most of the time, which was almost like being a carer, and I'm 77. I was told that I once had an allergic eczema. I think I'd come up with patches of, on my skin and I had one on the back of my ankle. So I had to go visit the doctor and uh, ask him if I should be worried about it. And he said to me, come back in a fortnight if it hasn't started to heal. But it didn't. So I phoned up for an appointment, but he was on a holiday. It was probably the best part of six weeks before I got to see him. And the practice nurses were looking after it within the practice and I was getting a dressing change every th- or three times a week. But the nurses kept saying you need compression, which I didn't know what it was, but uh, none of them were qualified to do it. It went on and my, my daughter is um, she's a clinical negligence, so she got a lot of contacts on, in the medical profession. So she managed to get me an appointment with a vascular surgeon. Obviously, like all men, he doesn't really want to go to the doctor, but I couldn't do anything about it, really, because it's up to him. And obviously, I used to chat to the, the girls about it. This seemed to go on for so long. They said to me, right, Daddy won't let you do it. Well, he can't tell us not to, so we're going to do something about this. And that's when Sarah actually began to research consultants and managed to get somebody that would actually see Wayne. I think it was a paid consultant to start with, because that's the only way you can actually see one without a doctor's letter. So Wayne was able to go. So thank goodness for the girls stepping in and being the pusher. I got quite a few infections in there. I think I had probably over the course of the time probably eight or nine courses of antibiotics. And the worst thing was when I got the infection was the smell. And it was quite embarrassing. I had to go to a a walk-in clinic on Easter Day in 2019. And I felt particularly embarrassed and tried to sit away from everybody because the smell was absolutely awful. Then dressing changes started to become quite painful as well. The nurses at the practice have varying levels of expertise, let's put it that way, and sometimes the dressing wouldn't stay on, etc, etc. But I was going three times a week to get the dressing changed. Eventually one of the nurses said, enough is enough, I'm going to refer you to the ulcer clinic. That was in May 2019, and I've got my first appointment on the 11th of July. 2017, so I started going there once a week on a Thursday to Royston. It got progressively worse. It started off at the bottom back of my leg and progressively over the time it spread all the way around. 
probably two-thirds of the way up my leg as well. We had to buy air conditioners, air fresheners, etc. to have in the room when it was particularly bad. And there were varying levels of antibiotic. You know, they started off perhaps with five days, but then eventually it was 14 days. And for the first part, every time, the smell was there. The pain, as I said at the time, wasn't unbearable, but one that I didn't particularly want. Once I started going to the leg ulcer clinic, having the compression, every time the dressing was changed, I was in absolute agony. Uh, I was crawling up the wall for about three hours after the dressing change. So I went to see the doctor, and he prescribed tramadol for me. I took one dose and then probably an hour later another dose and it still didn't do much. So I went back to the doctor again and he put me on oral morphine. He said, I've got to put down tape between two and a half and five mils. You know, you're a sensible person, take what it needs. Sometimes it was four spoons or so, what, 20 mils. But that did get rid of the pain. I was taking it before I went for the dressing change and then probably two hours afterwards, which is what the doctor recommended probably slightly more than the doctor recommended just to control the pain. I found the occasions that I did have to take two lots. I was out with the fairies a bit, so uh, at least it got rid of the pain. The thing was, I knew he was in tremendous pain. You actually began to feel sick. I couldn't even cook in the kitchen because the smell would reach him. Unfortunately, we were having some building work done, so we were actually isolated in the kitchen, although it was a large kitchen, but I couldn't cook anything without him actually feeling sick. So anything I wanted to cook, I'd have to wait until he was in another room before I could do it. I think the other thing was that he didn't really want to drink, but I was worried about the liquid content because you do get dehydrated very quickly. I felt absolutely helpless because there was absolutely nothing I could do. I couldn't help with the pain. I couldn't sort of encourage him to have a sip of something or even try to eat something. And then I suppose after weeks and weeks of that, I just began to think, well, if this is how it's going to be for a bit, I think... I've just got to ask Wayne what he wants and do exactly as he feels he needs. And I must just get on with my life and I need to cook my own meals and perhaps take them out of the room if the smell is too much for him and eat somewhere else. Of course, every time I was absolutely crawling up the wall, Francis would be saying, what can I do, what can I do? Probably a typical male reaction, just leave me alone, you know, let me suffer. It was quite difficult and also I mean I was very aware of the effect it was having on Frances. It was hurting her but there's nothing I could do about it. I was quite worried about not eating. In fact over the period I lost 13 kilos. I don't know whether that was directly attributable to the, the pain or what. I had loads of tests and all they could tell me was you haven't got this, you haven't got that. You know, I had endoscopes and everything, uh, CT scans. They just said, you haven't got this, you haven't got that. They didn't tell me what I have got. And so it just went on and on and on. I think the thing is, we thought maybe the sickness and obviously the result of the medication might actually be a contributing factor to something else that was going on. But I think it was all related to the ulcer. Probably the drugs 
but then you had to have those in order to feel better and also to keep other things at bay. I couldn't fault the doctor really. He, um, you know, throughout this period when I was experiencing everything, he went overboard and he, you know, he, he phoned up to find out if I was all right and things like that, which you never normally get from a, a GP. Yeah, when he sent me for CT scans, etc., he looked for reasons to say I might have cancer, so I'd get seen within two weeks. You know, it was, it was that good. Clinic three times a week, and that we had to do that, and he wasn't always able to drive. Yes, my life revolved around Wayne. Fortunately, I've got dogs, so I was able to go out for walks. But we were very, very restricted. Well, and then Saturday, because the district nurse, they always turned up, but you never knew when. It could be 8 o'clock in the morning. It could be 8 o'clock at night. So Saturday was sort of totally out, wasn't it, for doing anything. The other thing is that I, I sought advice from my daughters when I was feeling particularly down, I'd talk to them about it. And you just have to talk to somebody because the pressure becomes a little bit too great and you feel like crying. So I think having them on the other end of the phone, if not with me, released some of that anxiety because they said, well, don't worry, you know, things will get better. We're always here. We can come over. We can come and help. Yes, I did need my children to help me through it. When I saw the vascular surgeon, he was absolutely amazed that I hadn't been referred earlier. And I think he sent a letter to the doctor saying that the nice recommendation is that I think he did the best he could. But as Francis was saying, initially it was once a week, and then it got worse and worse and worse, and then it was three times a week, and then four times a week and it was a tie. Now, in the last month, it's down to twice a week now, which is quite nice. So it's um, Monday I go to the practice nurse, who is an ex-community nurse, who, although she's only a healthcare assistant, she can do proper dressings, etc. And then Thursday I go to Royston Alta Clinic. You know, they're, they're keeping an eye on me. I went into, well, they, they tried three layers to start with because they just wanted to make sure that my leg could stand it. But after the week, they put it into four layer and it stayed there for quite a long time. I was supposed to have appointments with the uh, vascular surgeon, but with COVID, etc., there were problems and it was put off and put off. I had a phone call from him saying that they couldn't do any more appointments for six months because Adam Brooks was basically shutting down with the COVID and it was a long time before he actually had a, a physical appointment with him. When I went to see him he couldn't believe how it had spread, you know, all like my leg from when it was just behind. So he went back to basics and we had ultrasounds again and he did the various tests of pressure etc down the leg. They said we'll go right back to basics and we'll try two layer. From that time onwards and I think also because I wasn't getting so many infections, it started to heal. It's sort of healing from the top down and from the bottom up. So I've now got a patch of probably about 18 centimetres, something like that, and probably about 16 centimetres at the front. So it's basically two ulcers at the moment. 
that they've been trying different dressings because you know, I was told that you get used to particular dressings so they've kept changing them. The dressings look a bit like neck curtains but I think they must be the most expensive neck curtains in the world because I had a look on the internet to see how much they cost and uh, I, I turned that off quickly. <laughs> Initially, I had to buy a special, special sock because my ordinary sock couldn't go over the bandage. Luckily, I've got some trainers that I can, they've gradually sort of expanded as my dressing has expanded, so that's all right. Showering was a, a problem. Initially, I was using a, a black bin bag and an elastic band, but uh, when I went to the leg ulcer clinic, they prescribed a limbo, and so that made an awful difference. But obviously, I can't, my wife likes swimming, I can't obviously go swimming. I did get in the shower once and forgot to put the limbo on. It was like walking around with a wet nappy around my leg. In the hot weather, I think that's when I got infection because you've got the four layer, you've got everything going on underneath with all the uh, exabators. It was quite quite bad at the time. So I, although I wanted to hide the bandage in some respects, I started wearing shorts because I just didn't want it to get too hot. And I think that's probably helped a bit. I got a bit of calcification sticking out the front of my leg, just like a little bone. And when I went to see the vascular surgeon, he had a look at it. He tried to pull it out and it snapped in half. He said, well, leave it because I think it's attached to a blood vessel. And then that stayed there for three or four months, I suppose. And then once when the nurse was washing my leg, it actually came out. And that actually started the front healing a lot quicker. Yeah, that, that's his progression really from four to two layer with lead calcification as well. I think it's not only the smell, I think it's how low he felt in himself as well. And you really hadn't got the energy, had you, to talk to people. So we have got some very good friends who did keep popping in, um, but socially, you really didn't want to know, did you? So um, I think, yes, it did affect um, us in that life, in that way of life. I actually think there's an awful lot of nurses that don't know about ulcers. And remembering that everybody is an individual and each ulcer is different. I think they just have to experiment with one bandage after another to see the effect. And unfortunately, because of the lack of knowledge, I think it just takes a bit longer to sort out the bandages. But they did a fantastic job, they really did. But I think it was an experiment a lot of the time. Yeah, I mean, Les yeah Leslie was the lead nurse most of the time. Which is brilliant. I mean, you just have to think outside the box all the time and, well, you know, that wasn't so good that week. Maybe we'll put a little bit extra on to try and protect it mm. a bit more. I think it was the right thing to do, but I think they were struggling in the dark a bit as well. I mean, to be quite honest, I probably couldn't have done all that changing of bandages myself at all. But there were periods when, literally, I felt like a carer and I was walking in and out of a care home. 
I think also um, the expertise, because you know, it's not just a question of winding bandages on, you've got to get the, the stretch right to 50% or something. And when you put the soft stuff on, you've got to make sure the leg is pretty same size all the way up. And the nurses measure it with, with a tape to make sure it is sometimes. And I don't know whether that sort of expertise could be passed on quickly, especially if you're doing a figure of eight bandages, which is what I've got at the moment. All the time I was told to keep my leg raised, of course, if I'm working in a computer, I, I can't. But also, I was going to visit clients, etc. So I couldn't keep it up. So I, I used to get quite a lot of pain. I used to carry, it was a lot of tramways all that. I carried that in the car, although probably I shouldn't have driven afterwards, but needs must. But I think you cut down quite a bit, because mm. you knew that physically it would probably put you back a mm. bit. So then I got to a stage where I probably couldn't concentrate for more than an hour or so. And after a dressing change, that was probably the rest of the day written off. So it did impact on my work. But uh, luckily I worked from home quite a lot. So I was able to take breaks and put my feet up, etc. So it was manageable, but it meant I, I couldn't put so much time into work. I think um, the main thing is they, they get early referral to a specialist, you know, a, a, an ulcer clinic or a vascular surgeon. I think that's most important. I had a varicose vein at the back that the surgeon ablated. I think that's the right term. Mm. And that, that helped, obviously. But I think the initial delay was the thing that allowed it to take hold. If I'd have been referred within two weeks, either to a surgeon or the ulcer clinic, I think that may have slowed down the, the increase in uh, ulceration. So that would be my main advice, is go for it. I think most people say I've got a reasonable sense of humour, but I think at times, when I was in pain, perhaps that slipped a bit. But um, it slowed me down, obviously. I can't do everything that I used to do. I can't work as hard as I can. I decided that I start winding down towards retirement, so I've got rid of a load of clients, but I've still got some. And uh, it's always like fire brigade work, you know. They, they phone you up and they want it done yesterday because their house is on fire. You know, sometimes I just have to say, sorry, I, I just can't do that anymore. Refer them to somebody else if I can. It's always hard to do that because you don't want to give work away. probably become much more patient, <laughs> which is probably a good thing. Certainly it's made me a bit more independent because we used to do so much together and discuss things and it was sort of broken while he was so ill. So I've become a bit more independent, I think, um, which isn't a bad thing. Wayne is a good patient. He doesn't fuss. He is very, very good. And I suppose that's another reason why sometimes I felt so guilty, because he was too good about it and I couldn't do anything. I think that's the only way it's really changed, I think. Because we've gone through this period of um, instability, really, I did actually start asking him loads of questions the other day about, you know, what does he look forward to for the future? Does he now look on me as a wife or a carer? You know, questions like that, because I wanted to sort of unite us again a bit. 
We used to go away a lot, and with this, Wayne now doesn't feel that he wants to go particularly, particularly if the facilities are difficult to mm. get to, because you're, you're quite slow, aren't you, in walking? And, you know, if we go away for a night, is the loo near? Um, so he hasn't got too far to go. So we thought a couple of little holidays a year, but nothing more. We've got some great friends that we used to go to Tenerife with, and we, we did that for years, didn't mm. we? So we were talking to them the other day about maybe we will aim for a holiday in Tenerife just to remember those times years ago. So yes, we have got a focus, but basically you don't really want to go away as much as we used to. No, but I think also exercise. I was doing quite a lot of static rowing. I was doing about 1,500 metres a day. And then when the exercise became so bad, Leslie suggested that I stopped it. I found it quite difficult now to start again, get the enthusiasm to start again. But I really do need to get some exercise. And then obviously swimming will be quite a good one, but I can't at the moment. So that would be a goal that I'd quite like to do. Francis likes swimming as well. So you think it's important to have a goal? Definitely. Oh, definitely, definitely. yeah. But and so. definitely something physical too, so that you can sort of get yourself up and running again. So you don't feel like an old man, you feel like a rejuvenated person. Mm. And exercise would do that. I've lost a lot of leg bulk and uh, strength, so you know, it'd be nice to build that back up again. Vascular surgeon, I was supposed to see him probably a month ago, but he was self-isolating, so it was a phone call instead. And he said he'd see me in the new year, take a biopsy of the overgranulation at the back of the leg and consider a skin graft. So again, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing because I've heard they're quite painful. At least, you know, I've still got the, the umbrella of being under Addenbrooke's, which is good. And also, although I see the, the, the ulcer twice a week now, it was four times a week, it didn't seem to be correct, progressing much, but every time I saw a nurse that hadn't seen it for ages, I said, oh, that's loads better. So that was quite cheering in a way. I think that's quite important, listening to other people and seeing their take on how it's progressing. Because when you see it all the time, it's like watching a kid grow up, you don't notice it. But when grandparents come along, they're cracking you grow. <coughs> You just listened to the Let's Go Share Your Story podcast. For more information on how you can become an actor of your healing, visit the Ergo Medical website at www.ergomedical.com.